What's up, everybody? In the episode today, I'm going to be talking injuries for all 32 NHL teams. I'm going to be going around the world, well, North America at least. I'm going to give you all the injuries, all the fantasy implications. Can I do it under one hour? Probably not, but it's good, clean fun, isn't it? Thanks for being here. All right, let's get to biz. This is Apples and Geno's. You are listening to Cream of the Crop. Thank you so much for joining me here on Cream of the Crop, a fantasy hockey podcast presented by Apples and Genos, the number one fruit-based fantasy hockey podcast out there. I am your host, Blake Creamer. Please follow me on Twitter slash X. It's at Blake Creamer AG. Also, click the link in the description of the episode here, and you can get yourself into the Apples and Genos Discord. It's a great place to be. Over 1,000 fantasy managers popping the hell off talking fantasy hockey all day, all night, or a day, all right? Also, Apples and Genos, we do have a YouTube channel. So uh, we're trying to reach 1,000 subscriptions over there on YouTube. We're getting there. We're over 700. You could really help us out, even if you don't watch YouTube, but you listen. Just do me a favor, you know, head on over there, give us a subscribe, and then move on, all right? Or you can check out this ugly mug, all right? I'm doing stuff over there. And then lastly, I do have to promote myself a little bit. I'm going to talk to you about an app that I've joined called Didit. That's D-I-D-I-T. Please go download this app. Um, You can find me on that app. And what, what we can do is we can actually look at your rosters. You can share your screen. I can get in there, talk trade analysis, roster analysis, waiver wires, all that good stuff. I've been having a really good time. I've been talking to lots of good people. I talked to a bro from Switzerland today. Shout out to you, my man. If you listen to the pod, had a great time. That is cool stuff. Uh, that, that gives me joy. So um, yeah, hit me up on that. Your first call, you get $25 off. That's basically a free call. So What do you got to lose? Come on. I'd love to chat with you about your teams, all right? But that's that, and this is this. We got to get the business here. Today, I want to update you on all the injuries, uh, comings and goings around the league here. So I want to go through every single team. And, uh, you know, there's no injuries to report for the Edmonton Oilers or the Nashville Predators currently, so I'm going to leave them out. So we're actually looking at 30 teams, and I'm just going to go through and and let you know what's going on with the team. And maybe if there's anyone who benefits from that injury, uh, you know, we'll give you that information as well. All right? Let's do it. My fingers hurt. Oh, well, now your back's going to hurt because you just pull landscaping duty. Hmm. Anybody else's fingers hurt? Anybody else's fingers hurt? I didn't think so. All right. (laughs) Let's start with uh, the Anaheim Ducks. First, we got to talk about um, Ilya Labushkin and Max Jones. Both those players are day-to-day with upper body injuries. Um, Labushkin's a beefer there for, for the Ducks, so they're, they're probably missing him a little bit. Um, also, Alex Kalorn, as we know, he's out four to six weeks. He's having arthroscopic surgery on his left knee. So, yeah, that's going to keep him out probably closer to the six-week mark. Trevor Zegras is out 
six to eight weeks there. Um, he's having surgery on a broken ankle. So he's looking like he'll likely be back late February. And then the fresh maker, Pavel Mintikov. Yeah, really bad luck here after, you know, Jamie Drysdale was shipped out of town. Mintikov looked uh, primed for power play one deployment and subsequently suffered a separated shoulder uh, in that the upcoming game. So he's sidelined for approximately six weeks as well. And late February is probably when he's going to be back. So um, is there anyone who benefits here? Well, potentially um, the Ducks play tonight. And Owen Zellweger is a really interesting piece there. You had me at hello. He played his first game. He did get an assist tonight and he debuted on the top power play unit there as well. So that's a nice little piece there, Zellweger. So Maybe take a look. I, I don't think it's a must-add, a must-grab. He's not a league winner by any means, but if he's going to get power play one deployment, I mean, the, the runway's wide open here. So Zellweger benefits. Jackson Lacombe benefits. Um, also, you know, for forwards with Zegers out and Kalorn, Leo Carlson is going to get an increased role. He's getting a ton of minutes. And Adam Henrique as well jumped up to the top line and power play two. Um, Adam Henrique did have an empty net goal here tonight as well. And I thought I'd just look at the last five games for Adam Henrique. Um, this does not include his points tonight. So, you know, we'll check that out. But last five games, Henrique, six points in five games, four goals, two assists. Metrics are middling, you know, 209th in shots and goal per 60, 147th in individual scoring chances, four per 60. And, uh, you know, IPP and shooting percentage, red hot, right? 86% IPP, 40% shooting percentage. So we can't expect this kind of production from Adam Henrique, but it's nice to see, and he is going to get a little bit of burn here, okay? So that's that for the Ducks. Let's move on to the Arizona Coyotes. We got to talk about Nate's dream stream, Nick Schmaltz. Um, he was out on Monday with an upper body injury. Good news is he's traveling with the team and could play this Wednesday. I think he's he's on track to play this Wednesday, hopefully. Um, so that's good news. Barrett Hayton as well. I mean, we know what, what happened with him, but uh, it's reported that there was a setback in his injury and his new expected return date is going to be sometime after the All-Star break. So he's been skating with the team, which is a good sign, but yeah, we, we aren't going to see him anytime soon. Also, on uh, recent news, Troy Stetcher uh, suffered a lower body injury and he's going to be out four to six weeks. And then another defenseman fell, Matt Dumba, left Monday's game with an upper body injury. He's day-to-day -day as well, so we got to check his status before Wednesday's, Wednesday's game. He is not traveling with the team, so the plan is for him to, you know, take the all-star break, get healthy, but this isn't an overly serious issue for Matt Dumba. Um, in terms of players that might benefit, I mean, with Smoltz and Hayton out, there's been a revolving door on the top line. Right now, it's Nick the Jug Bjugstad getting a bump, right? And he's actually been playing pretty well. Matthias Michelli, um, he's up on the top line as well. And Alex Kerfoot, inexplicably getting an insane amount of minutes. He's been playing power play one pretty consistently with not a lot to show for it. And then we got to talk about my boy, Jack McBain. McBain, let's get silly. Um, he's, you know, he's seen some increased deployment as well. So, I mean, not, not a lot of great options there. I do like Bjugstad. He, he's a, he, I mean, he's a deep, deep sleeper. Deep. All right, giggity. Um, and then on defense, you know, with their with their injuries, it's obviously Dursey is chugging minutes. J.J. Moser is out there. They're, they're both rocking power play one and two, respectively. And then, you know, the juice box, Yusuf Alamaki, he returned from injury, did get a goal in his last game. He should see a little bit of a bump in ice time. Deep league option only for the juice box, all right? Let's move over to Boston. Um, there's nothing really to report here. The only player that they've got listed as injured is still Milan Lucic, but he's obviously dealing with some off-ice issues, so we're not going to get into that. Um, and then we'll talk about Buffalo here. 
with Buffalo, they're actually uh, getting healthy here at the moment. The only guy they've got out right now is Eric Johnson. He is day-to-day. He missed last Saturday's game, but he is traveling with the team for their upcoming road trip, so he could get into some game action here. Let's talk about the Calgary Flames. Dylan Doobie, the Doobie brother. Buddy is taking an indefinite leave to focus on his mental health, and that's, that's you know, great news for him. I'm glad he's not, uh, you know, just trying to tough it out there. So Dylan Doobie, we don't know when he's coming back. Uh, he's out indefinitely. And then Martin, the Popsicle Pospisil, he's got an upper body injury. He is eligible to return on January 27th. So, you know, some light work there for the Calgary Flames with their injuries. The only people really getting some benefit out of this are, you know, young gun Matt Coronado. He's, he's returned to the lineup and Connor Zari as well. Both these players are going to get some decent opportunity, but don't expect too much here. These guys are both streamer level for the Flames in a good week, right? If that. Um, Coronado did show promise early on with his shot, shots on goal and uh, chance generation. But Connor Zari, it, he relies heavily on power play usage and efficiency. So these players are still a ways away from being fantasy relevant. So, you know, we're not too concerned there, but uh, they are out there. So, you know, do with that what you will. Over to Carolina, nothing could be finer except for the fact that Andrei Svechnikov is out again with a, with a different injury here. So this has uh, been a really frustrating season for Svechnikov owners. He now has an upper body injury. He's not playing Wednesday against Boston. He's already been ruled out. And yeah, there was kind of a um, an interesting interview with Rod Brindamore. He was really hesitant to say that uh, uh, Svechnikov was day-to-day, right? Uh, but he is hopeful that he can play before the All-Star break. That would leave, you know, Thursday uh, against the Devils and then Saturday against the Coyotes as potential return dates. But honestly, I think that why would they rush Svech back? Uh, especially sort of how um, elusive RBA was in that interview. I, I would be surprised if he comes back for the All-Star game. I'm expecting Svech to come back uh, first game after the All-Star break. Okay, book it. Um, Piotr Kochetkov as well. He's uh, still in the concussion protocol after taking a, you know, um, a collision there in net. He has been placed on IR for transactional purposes, um, so they were able to get Spencer Martin there in Carolina. But he's still out indefinitely. And there hasn't been any setbacks, so that's good news. And Brindamore said that he is getting better. And then even further to that, today, uh, which is Tuesday, he stayed on the ice for all of Tuesday's practice. So it sounds like he just needs to clear one more test before returning, uh, you know, clearing the concussion protocol. But he's making good progress and could get back in, you know, just after the All-Star break would be my guess there. Freddie Anderson. um, I do get some questions about Anderson. And honestly, he still hasn't skated, right? While he's dealing with this uh, medical issue, this blood clot issue. So for me, I'm, I'm out on Anderson. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the whole season. And I haven't heard anything that, that makes me think that. That's just my gut feeling on Freddie Anderson. But I don't see any reason why they would rush this guy back. We've got Kochetkov. As long as he comes back uh, from, from the protocol here, you know, feeling pretty good, I, I think there's no rush to get Anderson back. So in terms of players that benefit from the Carolina injury situation... It's Toivo Teravainen. I want Iguodala. And the bunt cake, Michael Bunting. Bunt. B-U-N-T. They appear to be the ones getting the burn with Svech out. Um, Teravainen and Bunting are both on power play one currently and line one. Um, with Martin Natchez back, he's, he's still been relegated to line two power play two, so he's not really getting any kind of fantasy bump there. He still has value, but um, his deployment is really capping his upside. And then we ride with 
Ranta. All right. Unfortunately, you know, in net there for Carolina, it doesn't feel good, but this is the starting goalie for a decent team and he needs to be rostered, period. All right. So I think anti Ranta is def- should definitely be an option and should definitely be rostered while Kochetkov is out. Okay. Let's keep going. Got to talk about Chicago, uh, you know, because they are a team in the NHL. So there you go. <laughs> the, the only injury that matters for Chicago, Connor Bedard, right? He's out with a broken jaw. Um, this kid's a beauty, though. Uh, I saw that you know they just have a hard time keeping him off the ice, right? Um, he's out there doing skill work. But, I mean, nothing has changed timeline-wise for him. He's still out until mid to late February. But head coach Luke Richardson said the fact that he's out practicing means that he could shave off a little time on his recovery. So maybe at the front end of his diagnosis rather than the later end. And uh, just to clear something up, there was conflicting reports on Twitter saying that he was another six weeks away. And that wasn't correct. He's still on target for the initial timeline of six weeks. So get well soon, my man. Uh, we'll talk also about Connor Murphy. He is day-to-day with a lower body injury. He could join the Hawks at some point this week, so that's good news. Connor Murphy is actually a, a, a viable st- streamer for Chicago, especially in a Bangers-Cats leagues. This guy hits and blocks. Uh, he's, he's a mega beefer, so, and he puts up the odd point as well. Tyler Johnson as well for the Blackhawks. He's nearing a return, could play sometime this week after dealing with a foot injury. And then Anthony Bavillier, there's no real update on him. Who He injured his wrist on January 3rd, so he's still out. Um, no timeline for his return. So that's it for Chicago. There's no real beneficiaries. I mean, anyone who's on the top line there, basically. <laughs> Nick Foligno, um, you know, Philip Kurashev, Taylor Radish. I mean, you, you know, this, this is what the bottom of the barrel looks like, folks. Let's move on. We got to talk about the Colorado Avalanche and great news on the Arturi Lekkanen front. He, he's taking line rushes currently with the team in practice. Um, he's, he's been skating with uh, Cogliano and Ryan Johansson. So that, that, that's not amazing deployment if that's what they're actually looking to do. But I think, you know, we're going to have to temper expectations early on with Lekkanen when he comes back. I mean, this guy had a neck injury, right? That's, it's scary stuff. And I think they're going to take their time with Lekkanen. They've got a system that works. We got guys like Druan and, you know, Ross Colton out there taking important minutes. They don't need to rush Lekkanen back, but it's great to see that he's out there with the team. And I think he could be back soon. Um, if not this week, then maybe, you know, first game before the All-Star break or right after it. And uh, another good uh, bit of good news for the Avalanche, Bowen Byram is out on the ice in practice in a regular s- sweater. So... His return is imminent, uh, it sounds like to me. So that's good news. He'll likely get back on power play two. They do that three defenseman setup on power play two in Colorado. And obviously, it's been a real down season for Bowen Byram, but I think he's still a player that can have value, and I he has offensive acumen, and we'll see what happens, right? Uh, but it has not been the, the, a great season for Byram to this point. So as I mentioned before, the only players that really benefit in Colorado, Jonathan Druin, right? As long as Lekkanen is out, this guy's good to go. He's getting crazy deployment, 24 minutes a night. Um, I do think that Druin will eventually get bumped off the top line for Lekkanen, and that's going to really hamper his value, right? Because he's not a shot generator. He's not a chance generator. He's just, you know, bludgeoning his way into some points just by being on the ice, right? And having access to some amazing players. Uh, I do think he'll still hold power play one, right? I think uh, Ross Colton, who was up there, is probably going to get bounced down. Watch the 
two, power play two. So that sucks for him, but I think Lekkonen will take that spot from him. Um, you know, and then in terms of Byron being out, Sam Gerrard is, has put a nice little run together here. But uh, I don't really see that changing when Byron comes back. I think Gerrard's established himself, and he'll probably get ahead of Byram in the pecking order when uh, Bo does return. All right, moving on to Columbus. Got some great news for ZW, Zach Wierenski. Um, He has donned a full contact sweater in the team's practice on Sunday. He was initially four to six weeks, and he's at the four-week mark now. It sounds to me like Wierenski could play this week, so, you know, keep an eye on his status. I've got him on five teams, so this is great news for me. You know, he's going to run right back into power play one deployment. Um, and yeah, the team's getting healthier. It's 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 kind of a dumpster fire there in Columbus. But Wierenski's been decent this year and he's underachieving with his goal scoring in particular. He's only got one goal in the season. So, um, yeah, I think there's some positive regression coming for him and his shooting percentage. He's going to pot a few more goals. And it's nice that Boone Jenner is back like that, you know. Um, Goudreau is playing all right. I think, you know, there's a, there's some reasonable opportunity for him to get some points. And then Patrick Laine as well. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. He hasn't played since suffering a clavicle fracture on uh, the 14th of December. He did wear a green extra jersey at practice. So that says to me that he's, he's a little bit further away than Wierenski is. And his timetable is to return at uh, six weeks as well. So... Pascal Vincent, though, said that Wierenski and Laine are going to travel with the team on their five-game road trip that um, starts last night in Edmonton. So that's good news. We could see Wierenski on this trip. I think Laine would be a long shot, in my opinion, probably get him back after the All-Star break. And in terms of benefits here, with Wierenski out, Adam Boquist has, has got some power play time. Uh, Damon Severson has seen some power play time. Ivan Provorov has seen some power play time, but no one's really been able to take the wheel there. Um, and in terms of, you know, with Patrick Laine out, we, we saw that Russian line kind of go for it a little bit. Uh, Marchenko, Voronkov, and then Shinikov. I think uh, Voronkov is actually a very interesting player, and uh, I'd be interested to see what happens when Laine does get back because I think Voronkov has sort of separated himself a little bit, and Marchenko's fallen out of favor. Um, especially with his uh, latest ice time. So, but who the hell knows what Pascal Vincent is doing? I don't know. Let's move on. We got to talk about the Dallas Stars and Miro, the hero, Heiskanen. This fresh, delicious, tasty, meaty, turkey-filled, cold-cut combo. He uh, is out with a lower body injury currently, but he's continuing to skate. He's traveling with the team on an upcoming road trip here. Um, and I, I don't think it's a guarantee that he returns from his injury during that trip, but it does seem unlikely that he would travel with the Stars if they didn't want him playing in the games, right? So that, there's some good news coming on the, the Heiskey front. Um, he's obviously going to slide right back into top power play and mega minutes there with the team. Um, sticking with the Stars, Craig Smith exited Sunday's game and he didn't return. He's day-to-day with an upper body injury. Um, in terms of benefits for the Dallas Stars, it's it's pretty clear. It's just Thomas Harley. Um, he's seen power play one deployment and increased ice time. Let's dig in on Thomas Harley a little bit because this, this is a player that's actually been pretty relevant since uh, Heiske went down. Last five games, he's got five assists. He's playing over 22 minutes a night. 56 in the league in shots and goal per 60, 20th overall in individual Corsi for, and uh, 96 overall in individual scoring chances for. Those are decent numbers for defensemen, right? Um, but his on-ice numbers have been great. Corsi for per 60, 22nd in the league, and 18th overall in scoring chances for per 60. He's pacing for 47 points, which would be a great season for Thomas Harley, right? Obviously, career numbers for him. 
Um, and he's really been getting prioritized a little bit. So I think there'll be a bit of a regression when Heiskanen comes back, but Harley has really established himself as a, um, a reasonable um, option. Kind of reminds me, like, and this isn't the case, but, you know, Makar and Devin Taves, right, in Colorado. I think, you know, you got Heiskanen and then you got Thomas Harley. He's like that Devin Taves there in Dallas. He's not Devin Taves, but you, I think you get the analysis that I'm, that I'm trying to make there. This is a valuable player in his own right. Let's move on to Detroit. The wings, all right, the hot wings. Got to talk about Patrick Kane. Um, yeah, he saw a doctor on Sunday regarding his uh, uh, lower body injury that he's been dealing with, and we haven't really heard if it's good news or bad news, right? Um, head coach Derek Lawn said uh, that he'll probably get on the ice sometime this week, and they'll probably have a better idea when they get a practice in, and they'll go from there. So that sounds nice. He's The head coach is also hoping to have him in before the All-Star break. So um, obviously, yeah, if he doesn't make it in before... I think he'll be back right after the break, as a lot of these injured players are. So that's that's the story with Kane there. We still have no update on Vili Huso, though, who uh, he resumed skating, but not his maneuverability, apparently. So he probably comes back in mid-February, if I had to guess. And then Ben the Shart Sherat was a late scratch on Sunday's game. He also missed the game tonight, so he missed two straight games with an upper body injury. He's day-to-day until further notice, haven't received any updates on Sherat. Um, in terms of benefits, the players that benefit, Robbie Fabry at even strength. Yeah, he's up on the second line in Kane's absence. And then power play one, just in general for Detroit, I think they all kind of get a little bit of a boost, right? Because um, they're doing some interesting stuff in Detroit with their power play units. They had Kane and Debrinkit on, you know, power play two technically with Mo Sider, while David Perron, JT Confer, Lucas Raymond, they all rock power play one with Larkin. So that's that's weird stuff to me, but I think, you know, if Kane's not there, they're probably going to lean a bit harder on the top unit. So it's hard to tell who's going to benefit, but yeah, it's, if I had to guess, I think the top power play would get a little bit more burn. Let's move on to the Florida Panthers. Uh, this is a team that really matters to me. I'm super invested into the, the Panthers this year. So every, anytime Barkov gets injured, it's, it's pretty rough for me because I got him in six spots. Um, but yeah, he, he did stay home, Alexander Barkov, to recover while his team played on Monday. And it sounds like he's really close. Like it's nothing major, right? He's expected back in the lineup on Wednesday, but we do need to keep an eye on his status. Nick Cousins as well, that goofy dude. Um, he's out indefinitely with a concussion. So he did take a you know a hit from behind from Jason Zucker. Dirty hit by Jay-Z. Big pimpin'. Um, but Nick Cousins just delivered a dirty hit himself. So who the heck knows? I mean, puck don't lie, does it? I don't know. I don't know Nick Cousins. Uh, he's a nice person. But I do like Kevin Bieksa who, uh, you know, thrashed this man on uh, live TV. So there you go. Gustav Forsling was out for the game on Monday for the birth of his child. He could be back on Wednesday, so definitely check the status. Sometimes that can be two games, so we'll see what happens. But in terms of benefits, Anton Lundell and Itu Luostarnin, they are playing on a line with Sam Reinhardt. It's called Sex Panther. Which is a really nice place to be. Um, and they've, they've been doing stuff out there. They both had goals uh, in a previous game here. So, yeah, they're getting a little bit more ice time. And then Sam Bennett-Dyson. How about this beauty? He's my my death, uh, death match streamer for the week, and he popped off with three assists on Monday. I love that. He's getting power play one with Barkov out. But when Barkov does return, I would imagine Sam Bennett goes back down to line two. 
All right, heading over to the Los Angeles Kings. Not ton to talk about here, um, but Victor Arvidsson. See you at the party, Richter. He is uh, out with a back injury, obviously, from, from the start of the season. Good news is he skated before practice on last Thursday in a non-contact jersey. So I think the Kings are hoping that Arvidsson is going to be able to return by mid-February. And that is going to be, he's going to be very valuable once he once he gets back in the lineup. This is a guy that they they actually leaned on quite heavily in the playoffs last season. Um, he was getting a ton of ice time. He's an, an amazing power play performer. So Victor Arvidsson, I, you know, if you have a roster spot or an IR spot and you can just pop him in, I think that's a really slick move because I think this is a guy that could help you in your fantasy playoffs. And then Matt Roy, I picked him up for the week, and then, you know, selfish Matt Roy had to, you know, take Monday's game off for the birth of his child. Come on, buddy, what are you doing? But yeah, great news for Matt Roy, and it sounds like he's going to be back for the Wednesday game, so that's great. Get him back in your lineup. I, I think Matt Roy is a pretty viable fantasy option as well, albeit a boring one. Over to the Minnesota Wild, Marc-Andre Fleury is day-to-day with an upper body injury. Um, He did miss one game, and there's potential for him to return at some point this week, but they still are running some tests on Marc-Andre Fleury, so we have to wait for the results of that. The fact that we haven't been given that information at this point is a little concerning to me, so um, take that for what it's worth. Frederick Gaudreau... Also of the Minnesota Wild, he's day-to-day with an upper body injury. And then the big news out of Minnesota, which we're already aware of, Jared Spurgeon. Ah, you spursed everywhere, Jared. Why? Oh, God. Um, Don't do that, Jared. All right, don't, uh, don't, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, But yeah, he's out for the season. Uh, So that's really tough news for Jared Spurgeon. But the obvious benefactor, Brock Faber, Brock Jacques Shalak. Yep, um, he's continues to roll, and he's he's really cooking right now. He got another point, a goal tonight in uh, Minnesota's win, and I, I just thought it'd be good to dig into Brock Faber again and see what the hell this kid is doing because um, the numbers just keep getting better and better. He's got eight points in his last five. Very nice, averaging 24 and a half minutes. Um, the metrics, uh, not great, right? I mean, amongst NHL defensemen, he's 121st in shots and goal per 60, 138th in individual course C4, and 86th in individual scoring chances for, which is a little better, but, you know, who the hell cares? He's on a 49-point pace. This guy's cooking right now. He's on power play one. He's quarterbacking that, and no one's coming for his job. So the only thing that can really derail Brock Faber for me this season is if Minnesota goes out and acquires kind of a, a power play one defenseman before the trade deadline. But I think it's Faber's spot to lose. He's cooking right now. He's redlining, to be honest, right? His IPP last five games, 57%. He's shooting almost 30%, right? So that's going to go away, but... You got to love the deployment and you got to love the opportunity. Faber is a must add player. Get him on your team. Okay. In Montreal, there's not too much to report there. Tanner Pearson, who has been dealing with an upper body injury, he's been traveling with the team. So that's positive news, but there's still no update as to when he can return. Maybe he's just lonely. He just wants to hang out with the boys, crack a few coldies. But um, yeah, I, I think Tanner Pearson, if he's in the lineup, like he's he's good for shots. He's a, he's a decent middle six player. He did play here in Vancouver and I, I liked what I saw, but... Yeah, in terms of fantasy, it's, you know, lukewarm at best. And then over to the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, they're decimated right now. We all know this. Um, Head coach Lindy Ruff said that Jack Hughes probably won't skate prior to the All-Star game. Jack Hughes is going to attend the All-Star game, so that's kind of nice. And I I read somewhere that he might participate in the skills competition, so that's cool. But, you know, it's, I think we're we're still, he's still on pace for his timeline, which is well after the All-Star break. Jack. 
Andre Palat is out with the lower body injury. Uh, he's been skating, but he's not ready to rejoin the team. So that's that's fine, but definitely a step in the right direction for Palat. Sounds like he's still got a bunch of hurdles to clear, but, um, you know, I don't think he's coming back for the All-Star break. Should be back afterwards. And when he does return, it's not a player that's super exciting anyway. It's more of a supplementary piece, a streamer on that team. Brendan Smith is out as well. He's got a knee injury, and they he was put on injured reserve last Thursday. So his placement on the IR was made retroactive to Monday. So he is eligible to return next Thursday against the, the Hurricanes. Although, yeah, we'll see if he's healthy enough to play in that contest anyway. But just keep an eye on that. More injuries for the Devils. Jonas Siegenthaler, he uh, took a shot off the foot, placed on injured reserve on Tuesday. So yeah, he broke his foot uh, in a game against Vancouver. So them putting him on the IR makes perfect sense. It wouldn't be surprising for me to see Siegenthaler sideline through the All-Star break, um, which is February 1, uh, 1st to the 3rd, right? So it'd be nice if he can come back, though. He's, he's decent to uh, perifs and stuff, but he's not offering anything else fantasy-wise. In terms of benefits on the Devils, Dawson Mercer... He's seen increased deployment, but he hasn't been doing much with it, honestly. And then Timo Meyer is, he's back and he's chugging minutes at the moment. And he, he just does have three points in four games. Pretty nice. Like Timo Meyer, his, his numbers have been decent in the last five. So he's just playing under 19 minutes, three assists in four games, 27th overall in the NHL in shots and goal per 60, 19th overall in individual Corsi four, and a 91st in scoring chances for. So that's a little bit lower. Um, and yeah, he hasn't scored yet, right? Still only on a 46-point pace, Timo Meyer is. So that, that's that got to be disappointing for people to draft the Timo Meyer in like the late second round or the third round thinking he was going to pop for like 90 points. Nate and I were not uh, big on Timo Meyer. Nate is certainly less excited about him than I was. I think I had him for 77. Nate had him for something like 66. So looks like we're both going to be wrong. But I, I could see this guy pacing for a 60-point pace rest of the season pretty comfortably, right? As long as he's healthy. I think there is an issue with his... Yeah, he was battling through something for most of the season. So hopefully he's healthy. And then, yeah, like I said, Dawson Mercer. Metrics are terrible, um, but he's averaging just over 18 minutes time on ice out there in the last five games. So, yeah, it's, again, it's not sexy, but it's it's a streamer that you can definitely get some value out of. Over to the New York Islanders. Ah, shizzle. Over to the New York Islanders. Um, Got to talk about Pierre Engvall. He has now missed three consecutive games, and there's really been little information on his timeline to return, so it's undisclosed. Consider him day-to-day. Semyon Varlamov, uh, he was dealing with the lower body injury. He's been recently activated off of injured reserve. Um, just on Monday here. So he is going to be, he was available backing up Sorokin on Tuesday's home matchup against Vegas. Um, but we're not sure, you know, when he's going to get his first start in. But I think just the outlook for him moving forward, Sorokin's the workhorse there. And I would be surprised, especially coming back off injury, if Varlamov comes back to do like a 1A, 1B situation. So Sorokin's still good to go as the workhorse there. Ryan Pulak still on long-term injured reserve with the lower body injury. No update there. And then in Tuesday's game here, Bull Horvat actually took a puck to the face. Uh, no update yet, so we'll have to wait and see. You could see Barzell maybe slide over to center or Brock Nelson, the grumpiest man on earth, pop up to play. We could also see uh, Kyle Palmieri move up to the right wing or even uh, Simon Holmstrom, who was, he moonlight, uh, was moonlighting there early on in the season. So 
hard to tell what Patrick Waugh might do. I mean, this team is only two games old for him. So he's trying to figure out um, the best things to do. So I, I'm not sure. So we'll have to keep an eye on their lineup there. Over to the Rangers, Philip Heedle is the only injury that we're interested in. And there still hasn't been any updates on Heedle. Uh, he's on long-term injured reserve with an upper body injury. And he made an interesting move uh, back to Czechia to continue his rehab, his hometown. Um, the hope is that he gets back before the trade deadline so the Rangers don't have to make any huge moves and they can just lock up their 3C. But, I mean, as of Tuesday here, there's still no timeline as to when he's going to return as per head coach Peter Laviolette. So, yeah, that sucks because Hito, uh, to me, when he is healthy, he is fantasy relevant. This is a guy that can get hot. He's a guy that makes that third line. He really drives that third line there in New York. So, um, yeah, it'll be good when they get him back. I think that's a valuable player for fantasy, a low-key valuable player for fantasy. Let's talk about the Ottawa Senators. Um, they've only got a few injuries here. Dominic Kubalik is dealing with a hip injury. He missed Tuesday's game, so we'll need to check his status prior to Ottawa's next game. But yeah, just dealing with that hip issue. And then Travis Hamanick, he left the game on Sunday with an upper body injury, didn't return, and didn't play in Tuesday's game either. So consider him day-to-day. The Philadelphia Flyers are dealing with an injury to Owen Tippett, uh, which comes at the worst time because Tippett was really playing some good offensive hockey. But it's a lower body injury. He didn't play Sunday against Ottawa, didn't play Tuesday here either. Um, and subsequently has been put on the IR. So he isn't eligible to return until February 6th. So that's, you know, that's when we can expect him back after the All-Star break. But the good news is he was able to skate earlier on uh, Sunday morning. So that sort of indicates to me the injury is not going to keep him out too long. And that February 6th date is probably when he will return. So in terms of players that benefit in Philly, obviously, you know, Sean Couturier, he was already getting big time on ice, but Joel Farabee's minutes, his his floor for his time on ice stays high. Cam Atkinson, the tinkly winkly man, Morgan Frost, they all played over 20 minutes uh, in this last game here on Tuesday. And, you know, granted, they were down and they needed goals, but still, that's great deployment for those players. So um, Cam Atkinson is the one I'm truly interested in there. I mean, metrics-wise, obviously, Farabee's been doing the thing, putting points on the board, but Atkinson, we can't sleep on that man either. Nate talked about him on our flagship show as someone who really sparkles uh, with the underlying metrics, right? So something to keep an eye on, but uh, yeah, if Tippett's going to miss games until February 6th, these guys are all viable. Over to Pittsburgh, uh, only one of note there, it's Riley Smith, and he's likely out until the All-Star break as well with an upper body injury. The only benefits there, um, Rust and Raquel. Raquel, Raquel, a strange erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. All right, that's uh, that's good watching right there. But yeah, um, both their, those players, their time and I should stay solid. But something of note, um, in the last game in Pittsburgh, Brian Rust got over 20 minutes time on ice, where Ricard Raquel only got 13 minutes with power play two. So obviously there's a kind of a shifting there. I know I've been talking a little bit more about Raquel than Rust, but... If there's going to be such a discrepancy in their ice time, I think Raquel could literally be a drop. Like if he's only going to get 13 minutes, Raquel's a drop to me. So we got to keep an eye on Ricard Raquel's deployment. Okay. Next up, we got to talk about the San Jose Sharks, that wagon of a team. Um, Mikhail Granlin, he's got a shoulder injury and was put on the injured reserve on Saturday he was injured in a shootout loss there in Chicago, and he's not going to be eligible to return until at least January 27th. Also, Mario Ferraro, 
he could miss a couple games uh, as per head coach Quinn there after leaving uh, last or on Monday night's game. So that, you know, Kalen Addison is making his way into the lineup. So that's something, I guess, like maybe Addison does get some power play time. That's really where he can shine. He's kind of like a Tony D'Angelo light, right? Which is not a high endorsement of Kalen Addison. Cool name though. So yeah, there you go. Uh, Take that for what it's worth. Over to Seattle. Vince Dunn, he'd gone done and injured himself uh, with an undisclosed injury. And he's missed the last four games now. So he's day-to-day until we hear more. But uh, yeah, the, the updating there from Seattle has been atrocious. Like, what the hell's going on with this guy? Matty Beniers as well. He's on the IR with an upper body injury. As soon as he can return is uh, today, uh, Wednesday the 24th. So we got to take a look at that. Decisions are going to be made on both players, Beniers and Vince Dunn. On Wednesday. So as you're listening to this, head on over to Twitter, check out Game Day News. Um, lots of good stuff there. Uh, Philip Grubauer as well has been activated from the IR, and Chris Driediger has been sent down subsequently. So I don't know. I don't know what that means for Joey Decord. I think Joey Decord has really played his way into a starting role there in Seattle. Grubauer had a really good shot uh, at the beginning of the year, and he wasn't able to take the reins. So I'd be surprised if Grubauer comes in and just takes the number one spot. I would also be a little bit surprised if they do a goalie share. I think Decord should be the number one goalie there, getting two-thirds of the starts. That's that's my guess. That's my gut feeling there. So in terms of benefits, we're looking at a couple defensemen there in Seattle. How about Riker Evans and Justin Schultz? These are the guys taking over on the power play, and they've both been reasonable to say the least like let's start with Justin Schultz um, who's getting that power play one deployment in replacing Vince Dunn Um, but he's been playing strictly as a power play quarterback Um, last five games he has three assists just under 16 minutes average time on ice that's not good 89th overall amongst defensemen in shots and goal per 60 39th overall in individual Corsi four which is good and then 29th overall in individual scoring chances for so those are really nice numbers for Justin Schultz Um, But, you know, he's pacing for 30 points on the season. He's averaging just under 16 minutes on the season, right? So that's showing no good. That's not a player I'm very interested in. I mean, that's a streamer at best, right? Um, Riker Evans is putting up some decent numbers as well. It's not really capitalizing. Last four games, zero points. But the deployment's there, you know, just over 22 minutes. 30th overall uh, amongst defensemen in shots and goal per 60. 49th overall in individual Corsi 4. And 128th in individual scoring chances for. Decent numbers for the kid, right? I think that's a nice little piece. Uh, these, these guys are both... Both these guys could be streamers in a in a deep league when the cupboards are dry for Seattle and you need to pick up a Seattle player, right? Um, I think I'd prioritize Justin Schultz just for the offense there. But Riker Evans is getting some decent deployment as well. So... That's that. This is this. Over to St. Louis. Um, nothing really going on in St. Louis, so I'm not going to go through too much there. Nothing of note. And then over to Tampa Bay, we got to talk about Tanner Janot. He's still on the IR with a lower body injury, and we haven't got an update as to when he could return. So that has been a massive bust. Giggity for, for Tampa. I can't believe what they gave up for Tanner Janot. And obviously the injury is bad luck, but... Even the way they were deploying him prior to the injury, it just it just didn't make sense. Like it's like the GM and the coach didn't talk and they didn't get on the same page and they picked up Tanner Janot for God knows what reason, because he hits, obviously, but it certainly hasn't uh worked out very well in Tampa. Eric Cernak is still out with an upper body injury, didn't play Tuesday versus the Flyers. So he's day to day, check his status 
for the next game. And then Mikhail Sergachev, still out with the lower body injury, isn't expected back until after the All-Star break, with the potential target date for his return being February 7th versus the Rangers. That's from uh, Eric Erlinson of lightninginsider.com. So there you go. Shout out to Eric Erlinson. Okay, Toronto Maple Leafs. We got to get on these here. Tyler Bertuzzi, he was away for uh, the birth of his child, so congrats to you, buddy. We got to check his status before the next game. And then Joseph Wall, this is good news for the Leafs. He's been skating and traveling with the team, and I could see him returning right after the All-Star break as well. And I think as long as Wall is completely healthy, I think they're just going to roll with him because Martin Jones is not, he, he's been serviceable at the very least. Ilya Samsonov has been, Pretty bad, honestly, as as we all know. Uh, he's a great story to me, Samsonov. I've seen interviews with him. Like, apparently, his parents came down recently and sort of pep talked him a little bit. And I like the guy. I, I wish him the best. I wish he could sort of take that net back, but I don't trust that he will. I think that when Wall is healthy, he's going to be the go-to guy there. In Vancouver, your Vancouver Canucks. Oh God, Carson Soucy again. He's now out five to six weeks as per head coach Rick Tockett with a hand injury. This sucks. I mean, this guy's really had a hard time staying healthy this season, his first year in Vancouver. And he's a he's a good dude. Like, and he he plays really effective, good minutes out there as well. He's a beast. So, you know, they're they're just gonna rest this guy up, get him ready for the playoffs. But yeah, he's he's out. Um, also, you know, middle six forward Phil DiGiuseppe, um, he's still out and not close. So there's not really any beneficiaries there. Like, uh, DiGiuseppe played with JT Miller and Brock Besser for a lot of the beginning of the season, but he was bounced down to the bottom, uh, bottom six there, but he's still a, a very serviceable player works really hard. So there's no real beneficiaries there. I do like Nils Hoaglander. I mean, he's been getting some real nice deployment, not so much connected with, uh, Phil DiGiuseppe being out, but, um, Hoaglander has been getting some, some decent minutes and looks out there. So ah, I like that over to your defending Stanley cup champions, the Vegas golden Knights, Let's start with William Carrier. He is still on the IR with an upper body injury post-surgery, and there's no timeline for him to return, so we'll have to wait on that one. Also, defenseman Ben Hutton, he's in the same boat. No update on his upper body injury. William Carlson, uh, dealing with that lower body injury, he's been transferred to long-term injured reserve, and he isn't expected to return until after the All-Star break as well, so um, the move to LTIR is not going to affect his timeline at all. How about Michael Amadio, upper body injury? He was put on the injury reserve uh, last Friday, but he's eligible to return whenever he deems himself good to go. So we just got to keep an eye on that. But, you know, it's that's not a real fantasy-relevant player. Uh, fantasy-relevant player we should think about, though, is Shea Theodore. We did finally get an update on what's going on with him, and it sounds like he might return in mid-February. He's been dealing with an upper body injury, and at this point now, um, Jason Greger of Sports 1440 in Edmonton reported that this uh, this guy could now return in three to four weeks. So we'll, we'll see what happens. When Theodore does come back, I think the top power play goes to him immediately. So yeah, he's going to be a viable player there. And Jack Eichel, obviously we know what happened to him. Uh, he was previously reported as having undergone a lower body procedure. He had knee surgery. He's expected to miss four to six weeks. So, yeah, that really stinks. But, yeah, it does boost the value of some players there in Vegas, namely Pavel Dorofiev, the rookie, and Nicholas Roy. I want to take a look, and Chandler Stevenson, too, obviously, if I'm being honest, right? He's just getting more minutes. But I wanted to dig in real quick on Pavel Dorofiev and Nicholas Roy of the Vegas Golden Knights. 
Nicholas Roy in the last five games. Uh, first off, he's playing with uh, Jonathan Marcheseau and Ivan Barbashev. Hey, Bobby Joe, I got my two coat on the screen door again at Bobby Joe. Yeah, um, that Barbie Joe. Nick Roy has eight points in his last five games, two goals, six assists. Um, you know, terrible metrics across the board, besides the fact that he's 86 overall in individual scoring chances, four per 60. So that's nice. But yeah, IPP, 89%. Shooting percentage, 29% over the last five games. That's going to come down. But don't look now, folks. Nicholas Roy is pacing for 48 points. Dang, that's that's rosterable, right? So Nicholas Roy, to me, is rosterable. Hopefully some of you got him in for the back-to-back here uh, Monday, Tuesday. This should be a player that you can stream in if you're looking for a Vegas player. And I think Pavel Drofiev is as well. Although his deployment isn't as strong. Last five games, two goals, two assists, 14 minutes, average time on ice. But the, the metrics are a lot better. 24th overall in the league in shots and goal per 60. I love that. Uh, 81st overall in individual course for per 60. And then 69th overall in individual scoring chances for per 60. Nice. Um, so yeah, this is, again, both viable players, both with some opportunity and deployment right now that, uh, you know, I think we should take a look at. All right, we're almost done, folks. Thanks for sticking it out with me. Moving on to Washington, there's nothing of note there. So we'll finish it up with the Winnipeg Jets. And we're looking at Mark Shifley. Shifley's been out with the lower body injury, and he's going to be a game-time decision against the Maple Leafs on Wednesday. And he's still considered day-to-day, but uh, the fact that he hasn't been ruled out for Wednesday's matchup says to me, like, I I think they're going to get him in there. So I would expect Shifley to play in Wednesday's game. That would surprise me if he doesn't. And then uh, Gabe Velarde as well. He's dealing with a lower body injury, and he's considered questionable for Wednesday's uh, game against the Leafs. Velarde was a game-time call on Monday, but ultimately he wasn't able to go. So Rick Bonus, the head coach there, they're going to wait and see how he feels, uh, and they'll update that shortly. In terms of players that benefit on Winnipeg, like Adam Lowry, I'm Mike Lowry. Um, he's up on line one and power play one. So, yeah, he, he's getting some burn there. Nikola Ehlers, I mean, <laughs> what does this guy got to do, right? It doesn't matter if every, like, I honestly think that if, Every player on the team was injured. Somehow, instead of giving Ehlers 60 minutes time on ice, they would literally put him out there for like 15 minutes and just play 45 minutes with no one on the ice but the goalie. Um, that's the Rick Bonus special right there. I don't know. Shout out to Rick Bonus. But uh, I at least with these players out, Ehlers' time on ice floor does stay solid. Although, like, like I said, he still can't get over the 17-minute mark even with these players out. So it's very frustrating what's going on with Ehlers there in Winnipeg. I'd love to see this guy get traded to a team that's actually going to treat him like the offensive, uh, you know, unit that he is. Um, we can also look at players like Alex Iafalo for Winnipeg. He can be useful in fantasy for the Jets, but, you know, lower your expectations there. I, you know, he's not going to do too much. But that's it, everybody. That is, that's how we get from A to B. That's your injury roundup right there. Um, I'm going to, let me know how you like this. Like, if you... If you enjoy these uh, injury updates, let me know. Let me know in the comments. Uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up in the Discord. Let me know uh, if you're enjoying this because I think it's a, a segment that I want to start, you know, putting into cream of the crop a little bit more, right? Because uh, we all need to know about injuries and kind of what's going on and what we should expect, right? So, anyways, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We uh, have our regular uh, scheduled programming coming up. We've got an awesome episode of Rolling Lines coming out on Thursday. Nate and I are going to do the waiver show for Saturday, and then the flagship show comes out on Monday. We're getting the biz on the regular, but I've 
Love chatting with you all. Again, hit me up on Twitter anytime, Discord, all hours of the night. Call me. I'll give you my personal cell phone. No heavy breathing, please. All right, I really appreciate that. But I'll talk to you soon, everybody. Thanks for listening. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. Thanks, cool.